you feel it, you know it. D. Raw Productions. What up, people? It's your boy D-Raw, the connoisseur. I'm coming to you with another episode of The HSC. Today, I got my boy Charles with me. What's up? What's up, H-Town? You know we ready to go down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be covering nothing but the Texans. We're going to talk about the Texans from 2017 Bill O'Brien to now and to, into the future. Uh, let's start on that. Yeah, I'm so happy to be a part of this episode because, you know, I've been a downhearted Texans fan since day one, you know, of the inception into the league. And first of all, I feel like it's only fair that we give the people, you know, a little background about me and you before we just dive right in. Yeah, let's, that go, I ahead. let's do it. Let's go ahead. All right, so I met this guy. We had a job together, and we used to sit there as co-workers. You know how you do You're on the job. You're chopping it up, mixing it up. And we used to go back and forth about these Texans, and we felt it was only fair that we get together and put something down for the podcast and give the people what they want. Some real flavor from some real connoisseurs. <laughs> so as we sip on a drink and look at these cars passing by on the highway, flies through this thing, D. Yeah, so, man, I met Charles. He, he thought I was just this old super arrogant guy, you know what I'm saying? He is. When he met me. But I have to let them know, you know, I'm a cool dude, man. You know, I get down just how you get down, you know. And I give him that. He wanted the realest I ever met. So it was only right that we put two and two together and, and make this happen. So I appreciate you having me on, bro. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show, man, you know. Um, so let's talk about these Texans. Back in 2017, man, we was right on the fringe of possibly, you know, going to the um, – the AFC Conference Championship, we had the, the Chiefs. We was beating them, what, 24-0. Bill O'Brien, he was looking like the coach uh, for the Texans for the future. We had him already prior a couple years. Deshaun Watson was looking like the quarterback of the future, you know, QB1. Uh, we had Lamar Miller at running back. We had DeAndre Hopkins. Man, we had J.J. Watt. Uh, just so many different pieces on the team. And, you know, only thing we could think is the future was bright. Especially at that point in time, uh, 24-0, we beating the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, the Cheetah, you know, we, we was up on them boys. So, fast forward a couple more minutes later, or 15, 20 minutes later, man, game tied up and everything is looking on the downside and here come Bill O'Brien. Man, so we opening up old wounds right out the gate, huh? Right out, you the know, uh, he had to bring up the 24-point debacle. That's what I'ma call it. But you know, it, it, it hurt then and it hurts now. But the future is bright. So, yeah, he talked about some glory days with DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller, and of course JJ Watt. But you know, the Texans have rebounded quite nicely under D'Amico. D'Amico, would yeah. you say so? Yeah, but yeah. man. Even before we got to D'Amico, we had to deal with, uh, man, see? His Cully. Name? You Cut. want to talk about Cully? Yeah. You want to talk David about Lovey? Cully. Lovey Smith. <laughs> uh, um, damn. Who was the uh, interim coach under uh, Bill O'Brien? Um, oh, uh, who knows? Who cares? Uh, man, them days. Black dude, but yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like it, it was. We went through so many regimes, you know, as far as coaches and shit. And now we're here, and we got D'Amico. We got a former Texan, uh, and, and it, it feels great, bro. You know, C.J. Stroud. I think I think we finally got what we've been looking for as far as stability. We got a good core, a good foundation to build off of going forward. But uh, you know, it's easy to look back on what happened in the past, but. Your past is what brought you to where you are today. So yeah. I'm kind of, it's, it's bittersweet. I hate that we had to go that route that we had to, we went through to get to where we are. But with that being said, I'm extremely excited about the future right yeah, now. Yeah, the future I, is I, very bright, though. I, I, you know, Bill O'Brien, you could say he tanked us. You could say Lovey Smith tanked us with that last game from uh, last season, messing us out of the, the first round draft pick. But to be honest, the Texans struck me as an organization that was going to listen to all of the critics. Mm -hmm. And I think if we had that number one pick, we probably would have went with Bryce Young. You're right. We, we most definitely would have. Because you got to think, everybody on, on the media, you know, everybody wanted Bryce Young to be number one. And as he went, and he, he went was. number one. And he was. Um, but C.J. Stroud was the one quarterback that was overlooked that you really didn't know how to feel about him. You know, everybody knew how to feel about um, Bryce Young. We all knew how to feel about, um, what's his fucking name in Indianapolis? Uh, oh, Anthony. Anthony, yeah, we, we knew how to feel about him. But CJ, we, we wasn't, we was very unsure. You know, even Will Levis, we kind of felt like. But why? Let me just stop you right there. Why did we not know how to feel about CJ Stroud? Because he, he has all the intangibles. He's got the height. He's got the bill. He's got the QBIQ. So why didn't we know? Well, well, well. I take. They didn't think he had the IQ because you know they came out with that new test uh, for the pro athletes, and they said he didn't do well on it. But I also think is that a new test or is that the same test we're no, talking it's, about? With, it's a new with, test with Vince Young. It's a new test. So we're not talking about the Wonderly. Mm -mm, they okay. came out with a whole new test. Okay. And he didn't do well on it, and. Um, also, you know, him going to Ohio State. Ohio State never really produced any good quarterbacks. So. But but every year, Ohio State produces great athletes. They do. Hey, shout out to Ohio State. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my favorite teams, man, in college. But uh, Terrell Pryor, man, I, I used to love Terrell Pryor. But even, like, any, even though, like, all those guys, bro, when they made it to the pros, they never really figured it out as a quarterback. So. You know, C.J. Stroud be the first quarterback to actually figure it out on a, on a next level and do it well. And, and that's why, you know, I think C.J. Stroud is, is – he got a, a bright future, bro. Well, he's off to an amazing start. I mean, he's shattering all kind of rookie records. I mean, to come out, be consistent with what he's doing. And if you if, – what's so amazing about him is normally – in order to get a good feel for a quarterback, you have to get at least a good 10 games into the season. But with, with C.J. Stroud, we've been able to get a good quality look of production from week one. And hey, let me ask you this. How do you feel about C.J. Stroud uh, in comparison to Deshaun Watson, you know, rookie years? I feel like, now I do feel like Deshaun had more weapons and things like that. He came into a better team. But do you, do you feel like CJ is better than Deshaun. Just rookie to rookie. No, you gotta, you gotta forgive me because I'm still a Deshaun Watson fan. I don't care what about 
what happened when he was here. But I definitely think C.J. Stroud is on the right track. I mean, um, as far as production and yardage, I get that to Deshaun Watson. But as far as in reading today's NFL defenses and going out getting better progressively each and every game, I get that to I get a nod to C.J. Stroud. Yep, Deshaun he definitely had like more um, wild plays, you know. Like, yeah. bro was breaking sacks and... But he was running for his life. He was. I mean, it was a Mack truck chasing him every play. But there's no difference with CJ right now. It is a difference. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because for some reason, CJ is in a system and the team has bought in to protecting CJ. He was fighting for his life in week one and week two. Mm -hmm. But up until this last game that we just played, it's almost like the protection has gotten light years better. And that's what a lot of the, if you look at the injuries that we have on the offensive line right now, we down the second and third string guys out there giving it they all for him. They are yeah. bought in to protecting CJ and that's a beautiful thing. Well, you know, if you look at the offensive line, you, you, you're kind of right. Cause you got a, probably what the highest paid left tackle in the NFL right now, Laramie Tunsil. You got Josh Jones, who was a, a first-round former uh, left tackle, I, I believe so, came out of Houston. Um, you also have Austin Deckless. I mean, yeah, he's not a top pick, but he's doing what he has to do to protect CJ. All those are offensive tackles on the left side. You got Titus Howard. That was a top pick the Texans took a couple years ago, highly paid. And Jared Patterson, and he's – He's very agile, and he can come from center to guard any time. And he's been playing very, very well at the center position. Um, you know, they even traded for Michael Dieter. Um, they got Drew Scruggs. You know, they drafted him. Even though he's injured, he's a solid center coming out of Penn State. So they got a lot of potential. They are trying to protect C.J. Stroud, and they're trying to do their best. Uh, Shaq Mason, man, that was I think that was the highlight of the free agency uh, period for the Texans this, this past offseason because – they got a guard that can run, not not only run block, but he can also pass block. And, you know, when you got a young quarterback like that, you really need something up front to really protect him so he can really learn the game and understand how, how to read his reads and go through his progressions. There's two things you just said right there that I, I, I totally agree with. I do like the acquisition of Shaq Mason. And the other thing that you said that, that is absolutely true that we found out the hard way is that a lot of our linemen are interchangeable. Whoever thought we'd live to see today, Larry Tunk, Larry Tunsil, excuse me, and Titus Howard lined up side by side on the on, on the left side. And mm -hmm. that's what the Texans used in their last strategy in the last game. Right. But I'm gonna challenge you on saying that Shaq Mason was the highlight of our offseason acquisitions because to be honest with you, I really think Jimmy Ward has stepped up and solidified that secondary. You think so? When we brought him in, oh yeah. But that's all D'Amico. Cause that's he come, you know, he, he's a byproduct of the San Francisco system. And he brought, he brought and some he brought guys in. dog in, you know what hey, I'm saying? D'Amico did bring the dog in with, with uh, Jimmy Ward. But you know what I, I love the most about D'Amico? He turned people that you wouldn't expect to be a dog into true dogs. Blake Cashman, bro, he been playing his ass off at linebacker. And nobody expected him to play the way he's been playing, especially against the Saints. Man, he was just all over the field, bro. I mean, all over the field. Pass coverage, rushing the, the running back, you know, 
fucking making stops on the quarterback. He was just, he was everywhere, bro. Is he leading us in tackles this year? Shit, let's let's find out. Let's find out. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's up there. Um, bro, Blake Cashman's been pretty special. He's right there. He's right there. 18 solos. Henry Toa is actually the leading tackler. And you know what? Shout out to Henry Toa Toa. Shout out. Coming straight out of Alabama. I expected him to be solid. I know they was talking and saying good things about him, but I didn't expect this out of him. I mean, he, he can improve on his pass coverage, but when it comes to stopping the run, Henry is right there every time, bro. And he's delivering solid hits every time. I think it, he's a, a lot like CJ. With his game, he's learning more and more, and he's applying it more. He seems to be very coachable. I think once he gets his angles right, because mm -hmm. the angles in the NFL is a whole lot different than the angles in college. That's true, because I've watched him over-pursue a lot of times, yeah. especially when you know when the, the running back does out like, when he out like past C-gap, that boy, he be over-pursuing, he be missing easy tackles. So if he can improve on that, man, his production will just go up that just much more. And I think another adjustment that he made, and it's really, really nice, if you look at his size, he's kind of undersized for that position. Mm -hmm. But he makes up for it in just football IQ. And he dissects plays very, very quickly. So I got a lot of hope in uh, little young Henry that he's going to come up and be a potential. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm saying he's going to be a pro bowler. Mm. With D'Amico, Coaching him and under his tutelage, I think he's definitely Bro, on his way to being a Pro Bowl caliber player. Do you think Blake Cashman could be a Pro Bowl? Uh, I already think he is. Think so? Stand up, H-Town. Where y'all at? Represent. <laughs> already. Already. Um, now, I'll tell you what. The one linebacker I'm not too sure about in this linebacker court is Christian Harris. I've always felt that way about him um, from the time that he was drafted until now. One, he's been injured. Two, he can't cover for shit. He he, he can make some stops on the, on the run sometimes, but man, pass coverage, that boy a liability, bro. And honestly, I think at this point, it's time for us to move on from Christian Harris. Well, you gotta look at it like this. Have we given him a fast shake at it? I differ on Christian Harris. I actually love him in this defense. I actually love him with the fact of having a head coach who, who played the linebacker position. And he's an Alabama product. Shout out Alabama. Oh, man, stop. Roll Tide. Where we <laughs> oh, at? We not doing that? Yeah, we got to give props to where it is, D. I mean, he only really had one season worth of sample play last year. He didn't even play the entire season. So really, technically, this is his first full year, and we had six games in the season. And that defense has a chemistry right now that I ain't too ready to break up. We can add something, but taking something away that's been kind of instrumental to where we're getting to right now, I just don't think that's the answer right now. Yeah. And, well, I, and he can cover. Nah, He's got bro. range. From sideline to sideline, Christian Harris got range. Yeah, he got range because of his athleticism, but he can't cover, bro. He can't stop no pass. I just seen that boy lose his damn cleats on the field. I'm not exactly sure what game that is. <laughs> See, but that's that's the beauty of being on radio and not video. 
Cause then right then and there, I would have you substantiate that 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 accusation with some footage. <laughs> yeah, we could. Um, I tell you what, man. Um, what else I was gonna talk about. Oh, speaking of players not playing too many games, you know your boy Derek Stingley, bro. He two games in on the season. How many games did he play last year? I should have knew this was coming. So we're gonna have to. First of all, before we even dive into that, we got to give the fans the real backdrop on this. All the way back to the NFL draft, when my man D. Raw, <laughs> he was all on South Gardner, and I was telling him, now, nah, from a prototypical standpoint, Derek Stingley possesses all the attributes to be an NFL star. He wanted South Gardner, I wanted Derek Stingley. Now, of course. He had some injury issues coming out of college, I'll give you that. And that has seems to be transitioned over to the NFL level as well. He's been hurt the last couple of seasons. But as we stand right now, he's on injury reserve, right? Yeah, hamstring out for what, six to eight weeks? But like we talked about before, why are NFL defenses showing him so much respect if he's this washed up byproduct? Well, I never said he was a washed-up byproduct, bro. I, just I mean, that's the way I, that's I don't what think, I took from what you said. All I'm saying is he's not a true playmaker. He might be a solid man-to-man cover corner. He might be solid in the zone. But when have you ever really seen Derrick Stingley make any plays? You ain't seen him forcing no fumbles uh, on a run stop. You ain't seen him getting no picks. What, what is he really doing? He's just out there being playing man. See, that's what I'm saying. If we're going to talk about it, let's be fair about it. So You need to pull up his stats. Because if you saying that Derrick Stingley ain't got no interceptions, again, this is one of them wipe your glasses moments. Because I, I I don't understand how you can say that he's have never had an interception in his career. Man. Uh, All right, look, let's uh, see. He got one interception, uh-oh. bro. That's more than the one right, you look, gave him. So, look, people, he played nine games last year. He had 35 solos, eight assisted, so that makes 43, 43 total. He had one sack. One interception. It's not bad. It's not. But no, no, no. Put the other key stat out there. In how many games? Nine. That's nine. That's not a complete NFL season. So, all right. So, if we look at it that way, he played two games this year, nine last year. That's 11 games in total. And he got about, what, 52 total tackles so far, one sack, one interception. He sounds like a safety to me. He sounds like a player that's been hurt at his position that needs to have a fair a fair chance to prove his worth at that position. Well, how can you give somebody a fair shake if he never helped you? That's what I'm saying. When he comes back off the injury, this go-round, this is how Derek Stingley. Right. If he flops after that, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong. I'll eat them words. But if he come back and be a Pro Bowl, caliber cornerback and you heard it here first d raw is gonna buy my next houston texas jersey <laughs> uh, okay that's funny <laughs> that's funny bro all right so let me ask you this since Derek singley been gone have you really missed him no yes how shaq griffin been playing well uh, okay so let me do this here the texans was up game before last 
Is that safe to say? Mm-hmm. And we came back and ended up losing that game by what? A field goal. Against Atlanta, right? Right. In that game against Atlanta, I missed them. Because they was dropping. The only way Atlanta fought back in that game was to go to their long air attack. Well, you know what? I agree with you on that. Because, honestly, when I was looking at that last drive, it was like, what, a minute left or something? And People I'm, can say what they want to about Steven Nelson. Don't get me wrong. I like Steven Nelson as a number two quarterback. Nah, he ain't quarterback. no shutdown corner or nothing. But we still needed Derek Stingley in that game. Who you going to talk about now? Shaquille Griffin? Shaquille. He, he better than Derek Stingley? I'm just saying they about the same right now, bro. Before you dismiss Derek Stingley, you got to prove to me that there's someone on that roster right now that's totally and completely better than him. I can't say nobody better than him, but I can't say nobody's pretty much worse than him either because, to be honest, Fedar Holman, he come in and he played pretty well. All of them worse than him. But how, though? Every cornerback on that roster is not better than Derek Stingley. Okay. So how much longer we got to got to worry about Derek Stingley being injured? Probably about, what, three more weeks? At this point, probably about three more weeks. I'm telling you right now, with the Texans record being three and three, with a Derek Stingley back, with our offensive line not being bit by the injury bug, mm -hmm. I can easily see us right now being five and one. Okay. Very easy. Okay. I think we would have been five and one, more than likely, if we had Petrie the whole the whole last what six games. Don't get me wrong, that's my boy right there. Now you're not gonna get me to ever say anything bad about him unless he just go to nah, get in the crack pipe. Or all I'm saying is good thing. But Petrie, to me, he the real the only true star on the defensive side of it. Right no. Now. So you're just going to be real disrespectful to Mr. Anderson right now. Anderson good. He ain't no star yet. What? He ain't no star? People, let me tell you something. I started this podcast off by saying <laughs> we was having a friendly drink and watching the traffic on 288 right now. But clearly, bombshells have alcohol poisoned my co-host here. <laughs> because he's saying that Will Anderson Jr., is not a star right now. But when you turn on YouTube, all the videos about our defense is featuring Will Anderson. He's got more sports commentators, more podcasters talking about him. And I and, and, and you know it really hates I hate to say this part, but they're talking about him more than Jalen Beecher. Look it up. Well that's also because he's a DN. DMs always get more shine than the safety. No, it, it don't matter who you are in the NFL. If you bringing it, you bringing it. May I say another name that's not a defensive end who was well known, and he was on one of the hardest defenses ever. Who? Troy Palomalu. Well, that's Troy Palomalu. He played linebacker. Saying, he, they he always ain't played no the linebacker. He was a safety. Oh, I'm tripping. What? He tripping. Wipe yeah. your glasses. Where we at? <laughs> Pittsburgh, don't throw no apples at the, <laughs> hey, at right. the speakers. Nah. Don't throw no apples right now. I, I got your back. All right. He's safety slash linebacker. He played like a linebacker, goddamn. He played just like Jalen Petrie. He was a safety that played close to the line. Come on now. Mm -hmm. That's why you in love with Jalen Petrie. Petrie's solid, bro. 
And I also love Jalen Pritchard because he's from the eight. Shout out every time. So, I mean, you look at it like that. That's why I love him. But uh, you don't love him because of what what he, what he brings to the team. Well, I'm saying he had unconditional love. You know what I'm saying? So you asked me a question. Let me ask you a question. You What's said, up? "Do we miss? Did we miss Derek Stingley while he's been out?" Yeah. Did you miss Jalen Petrie when he was out? Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. So the same way you feel about that that gap in between him and the next man up, that's how I feel about Derek Stingley. Because when Derek Stingley on the field, that side of the field, you don't even have to worry about hardly game planning for. Because those offenses do not want to attack him. You want to talk about why he don't have that many interceptions? Why he don't have that many pass breakups? Because the offenses ain't even challenging him. That's the kind of respect he gets. You know why I miss Jalen Preachy, bro? Why? Because he's probably the most dynamic safety we ever had. That can He can cover. He can hit. You can use him in all kind of blitz packages. He's just a weapon. Only other safety I can think that we had that was similar to him, but he couldn't cover was Bernard Pollard. Nah, that's disrespectful right there, bro. Who else, you, who else do you got in mind? Jalen Petrie, by far, hands down, the best safety that we didn't have. No, he is the. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he's not, but I'm saying. As far as like somebody to compare him to, probably Bernard Pollard because he can hit, but Bernard couldn't cover, bro, on the pass. Let me ask you this: here. When did Bernard Pollard lead the Texans? Shit, that was like what 2010. See what I'm saying? When somebody start talking, 11. Like, that was like that means I don't know. Because <laughs> you know Do why? You know? <laughs> because I don't care. <laughs> hey. You might not care, but shit. I lost no sleep when he was gone. I didn't know when he came in, and I didn't know when he left out. Nah, you left. You lost a little sleep. Nah. Because you know who they replaced him with? Eddie Pleasant and shit like that. So you want to go digging at the bottom of the barrel to dig to prove your point right there. Which I get it. If I was in your shoes, I would try to do that too. But at the same time, that's under whose tutelage? Who's the head coach then? Kubiak. No. Kubiak was a coach, bro. No. When Pollard left? You sure it wasn't Bill O'Brien? It wasn't Bill O'Brien. It was, it was Kubiak. Because I remember Bill O'Brien bringing in a safety during his regime, too. He did bring in safeties. He brought in He brought in a couple safeties. He brought in one of the best ones he could bring in. Who? Um, 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 the Honey Badger. Exactly. So you're going to say Pollard is a better comparison to Petrie than, than the Honey Badger? Well, Honey Badger ain't really no hitter like that. He he, he tried he, it. He can cover, though. He can cover, but he, he can't hit. You want right. to pull up his stats everywhere he's been? He's nothing but a playmaker. He is a playmaker. Except for no this hitter. year. He over there at the Saints, so I don't know. That Badger done lost some of his honey. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Man, he, he lost a lot of honey. I think I think A's starting to catch up with him a little bit. Definitely, because the Texans actually – they actually picked on him quite a bit in that guy. I already know what they was getting out of him. So, we talked about the current players that's on the roster. As we are in this bye week right now, there are a lot of rumors circulating out there. Texans should go and try and get this person. Texans should try and go and get this person. So, first of all, in your opinion, D. Roth, what are some of the, the Texans 
areas of opportunity. Receiver. So we need to get better at receiver? Receiver and D-tackle. That would be your top priority, receiver. And of course, I mean, you can always get a better O-lineman, but that's going to be tough. I'm, I'm not a big I'm, fan of I'm trying really, to get really, an O-lineman really like in the middle of the season. I like, I like what we got on the O-line. The only reason I say that also is because, look, we had one guy with Kendrick Green, and now, now look at him. He on with IR or some shit, too. Mm -hmm. So it's really not worth taking a chance on an alignment like that. I feel like a lot of times they can injure more than the damn skilled players. So let's do this. Taking wide receiver off that list, what's the next area that you would concentrate some effort into besides wide receiver? Pass mm. rush. Absolutely. So what's out there now? You had, damn, somebody had just got cut. Um, can't just be anybody. It's got to be somebody that's, that no. can come in and make an instant impact. Well, we did just pick up Majay Sanders. He got cut from Arizona. I think he might better come in and make an impact. I mean, we'll see. You know, 247 pounds, 6'5". Um, last year he had three sacks, 23 tackles. I don't know how many games he played, but... Yeah, but can he can he be what this defense needs? See that 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 D line needs somebody on the opposite side of Will Anderson. Well, let me ask you to this: keep, keep you don't, the offense honest. You don't like John Grenard? I love him. I love the way he's playing right now. Let me say this: before this season, I was never high on him, but this year, he has made me say, "Hmm." I was gonna say because. Not last season, but the year before that, his rookie season, I think the boy had anywhere from like six to eight sacks. So he got the potential. It's there. He definitely got the potential. I agree with you on that. Won't get any arguments. As long as he keep playing the way that he's playing right now, I'm going to stay quiet about him because I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared that if I go to giving him too much praise, he, he, might, he might disappear. But let's talk about this. I've been hearing the rumors just like you didn't heard the rumors. Mm -hmm. They're talking about doing a little deal with the with the commanders to get Chase Young. How you feel about that? That would be nice. I mean, as long as we ain't giving up too much, I don't know if I give. I wouldn't give up that first round pick enough for no Chase. Oh no, we Chase definitely not gonna sell it, sell the farm to get him. But I'd probably give him like a fourth and like maybe a three and a four or something like that. Three three from next year or some shit. To me. But a even three then, is still a reach. Yeah, I was about to say, because that nigga, been, he been hurt. So, I was going to say, you got that kind of praise for him, a dude that ain't even one of us, but you ready to throw Stingley under the bus. <laughs> well, it's the same situation. They both been I, hurt, bro, but they I had a lot of potential coming into the league. That's true, but we seen Chase Young make plays, though. You know, I'm going to have to get security. I, I thought this was going to be a friendly little debate. We'll talk so. It's true, bro. But I see my co-host want to keep putting his knife to my back behind Derek Stingley. And I really love Derek Stingley. I'm going to be honest with you. Derek, I hope you're out there somewhere listening to this, bro. I'm going to need you to step up when you come off this injury right here. Because we got some naysayers in the family that don't <laughs> believe 
But I I believe in you, bro. And I'm standing on my ten toes that hey. say, when he come back and he get bit by this bug, because you got to admit, at the beginning of the season, the early predictions of where the Texans was going to be this year and where we actually are right now, bro, we have the potential to make the playoffs. Or is that too early? I'm just saying. Nah, looking at, you know, D'Amico going into the bye week at 3-3, three and three, bro, knocking off the Saints, putting up against a, a good fight against the uh, Falcons. Shout out to the whole Texans. Defense, offense, special teams, what y'all did against the Saints was a stand-up job. Kudos. For real. Kudos to them. Um, the biggest surprise win to me was actually Pittsburgh. That's what really got me going. You know what I'm saying? Prior before the Saints and all that. Because I was looking at Pittsburgh, and I was just surprised how we handled T.J. Watt and, and Alex Highsmith. Absolutely. Excuse me. Alex Highsmith off the edge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Kenny Pickett, he an average quarterback and stuff. You know, we did our due diligence with him and they offense. But their defense, bro, is dangerous. Very, and very. The way we was talking about our offensive line, you know, looking at Tunsil didn't even play in that game. You know, Titus Howard didn't play in that game. We had what, George Fan and I can't remember who was on the, on the left side. So, looking at that point, man, I, I was really surprised at how we – how we defeated Pittsburgh, and then we just we blew them out, blew them out the water, thirty to six, bro. Well, that don't surprise me that you were surprised that we beat Pittsburgh so handily. That's because, you know, it's levels to being a Houston Texans fan. You got those low-level fans that sit up in those nosebleed seats, and then you got us real fans who get down on the field, get dirty. We can really stand out there next to D'Amico with the rest of the team, you know, because we believe just that hard. So it don't really surprise me whenever we win. I'd be more surprised when we lose. Well, what out of the three games that we lost, which one was the biggest? Well, Atlanta was the big surprise. But was you surprised that we lost to Baltimore or Indy? To be honest with you, I was surprised that we lost to Baltimore. And if you go back, I'm going to tell you just how much potential we have in Houston right now. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at Baltimore and every game that they played this season, which team gave them the hardest battle? It was us, bro. Yeah? It was us. But that also go to show that the Texans might really be playoff made this year. I, I agree. Because so, But, but I, I do still think, though, Dion, like, I'm riding your I'm riding your brainwave on that right now, bro. I'm really feeling you right now. I don't know if it's you or if it's if it's this French connection, but I'm feeling something at this table <laughs> right now. But I want to ask you again: What are we missing to get over that hump to make it into the playoffs this year? It gotta be somebody on defense, bro. Exactly. It gotta it gotta be pass rush or something. Because so do we need linebacker. Or do we need D-line? D-line. I'm telling you right now. It's got to be D-line. As much as anybody want to say anything negative, I think our secondary, with the rotation of players that we have, it's a job done by committee right no, now. No, I'm going to be honest. Like, if you just look but at they the – But they're solid. They're yeah. solid. If you look at the Texans' defense right now, I don't know where they rank in the league, bro, but – that's a that's a top ten defense in the league right now, just the way they playing. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think 
It was early this morning, I believe. Uh, what's the guy's name? He he he's been around the sports world for a long time. Colin. Oh, Colin. Colin Heard. He actually gave us our props and said we are top ten defense. I also get, I also seen him giving props to C.J. Stroud, and he just Absolutely. talked about the Texans uh, possibly being a playoff uh, contender as well. So, with that being said, we know what we have, but we have to discover what we need. And I have yet to get a definitive answer out of you. We might need to do this. We might so need look, to do this. What do we need right. to do to lock this thing down? Because once we get those starters out that's been hurt, you're looking at a dog out there on that field. All right, so look, if we if we made a trade for Devontae Adams, do you Ooh. think that'll put us over the over the edge? That would that would put us over the top, bro. I mean, yeah, we don't need a, a receiver like that, but we don't really have no number one like that, bro. Nico, Nico good, but he ain't no Devontae. Let me tell you something. Coming into this season right now, if you would have said what you just said, I don't think you would have got too many people to buy into that. Yeah, that Nico was good. Based off of his, his, his performance, another player who was drafted high that's been bit by the injury bug. But coming into this season, again, it, I, I think it's all about D'Amico and C.J. Stroud because they are bringing, they have found a way just to that, bring the dog that out of people. That Bobby Slower just put together. I seen Nico Collins make some catches this year that I know I've seen him make before. But yard after catch, the yak, it just wasn't there. Yeah. He catch the ball and go straight down. This year, it's like he fighting. So I believe I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a newfound believer in Nico Collins. I think yeah. he's he's solid enough for us to make it through this season. You talking about bringing in a Devontae Adams? Okay, we need to look at it though, So because that's another one where I'm not gonna sell the form. So to get. Do, you, do you think? Let's just say we got Devontae Adams for you know a good deal. We didn't give up our first round pick or whatever. But do you think? Uh, do you think getting Devontae will hurt the development of C.J. Stroud? No. Think so? You think you think it'll just better him? I think Devontae Adams, it, it, it's the perfect time to bring him in to what we have here now. Because he was in a program or an organization yeah. where he could easily get the big head because he was getting all the targets, he was making all the catches, he was a true number one receiver. Especially in Green Bay. In Green Bay. Yeah. But now in by Vegas, him going not, over there to uh Vegas. Yeah, he ain't getting it. It's been a humbling experience. And, and it's not, and honestly, bro. Like for him, it's not even really that he's not getting it. It's set up for bad pass. I don't know if you've been watching the Raiders, but Garoppolo, bro, he just—he's a bad quarterback. That's what I'm saying. So to go from get playing on a team where you had a quarterback that can get you the ball and you can live up to your potential, to going to a team where the quarterback can't get you the ball and you out there running your routes, man, you have to go back and look at some of the games and look at his frustration on field. It's really starting to show. It's plays where he runs and he's wide open. He got his hands up, but the quarterback just can't get him the ball. Yeah. And then to leave there and go somewhere where you got a rookie quarterback out here that's breaking all kind of records, I think his mindset is going to come in and gel right in with our chemistry. Yeah, and then just the, the culture that we have you know, created here in Houston with D'Amico and, and that 49er scheme, bro, like, I think that would be perfect for Devontae Adams, you know. And, and Do also, you not love our culture right now? You can't, you can't not love it, bro. It's, it's the culture that we've been asking for for years, 
and I could just see him in a Texans uniform and what he could do, and it would man, it would also help Tank Dell just be able to be even more explosive because now you got to try to cover all that. Nico Collins, Devontae Adams, and Tank Dell in a three wide receiver set. Dangerous. And if Mitchie get his shit together, you can no, do it. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to apologize to y'all right now because for a second I put a stain on my man's brain. D-Rock, I put a little stain on his brain, and he forgot where he came from. And he said one word that we know in H-Town got to be said a little bit different. So I'm going to go back. We're going to rewind. Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Devontae Adams in a three wide receiver set. What's that D word? Dangerous. Let's get out of here. <laughs> that shit ain't dangerous. It's dangerous. H-Town, <laughs> stand up. And Dalton Schultz coming off the tight end. He's been a great, great acquisition. Hey, look, do you now that first game, first two games, was he was kinda, looking questionable. Eh, you know? You think, you think the Texans going to resign him? I didn't think they got no choice. It would just be, it just makes sense. Yeah. After the last game, you see him catch a touchdown and go do the, the James Worthy layup to the, to the fans? Come on but, now. He bought in. Boy, a true weapon. He's a good route runner. He was good in Dallas, though. I'm surprised Dallas didn't bring him back, to be totally honest. Well, they got that, that, that younger rookie guy. Jake, Jake Ferguson. That they got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, hopes in, so. Yeah. He was expendable. Hey, some you know what they say, uh someone's trash is, is always someone else's treasure, man. You know, just Dalton Schultz, I think he he could be a Texan for a long time. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys for being exactly who I thought they have been their entire life. Losers. And we appreciate y'all throwing those shoots out. We picked him up happily. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so. At this point of the podcast, where we at, man? Where we at? We. It's the Houston Sports Connoisseurs. Don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me. The sports connoisseur, D-Raw. We talking about, um, okay, so we talked about some possible acquisitions. So we talked about Devontae Adams. Is there a defensive player that you think that the Texans should go out and get? Well, me personally, I do think we can upgrade that linebacker room. I think that would be a huge start. At which at which uh, end would you like? Left, outside, uh, inside, or what? what? To be honest, it, it's got to be an outside linebacker, only because of the simple fact that we need to bring more pressure. So we need we need that that two way player at linebacker who can blitz and cover. Uh, aside from that, I think we can just hold tight on just forcing anything. Because I, to be honest with you, we're looking at a team that has done what it has done so far, and yet and still we have yet to put our entire off-season list of starters on the field for one full game. And that's what makes the Texans so so dangerous, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes us have so much hype to, you know, going towards this latter end of the season that we could possibly make a run in the playoffs. Uh, so... Give your prediction. What do you see us ending up after 17 games? What's our record? 
without making any other acquisitions, just keeping the the, the 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 team we have right now intact. All right, so let's just see. Right now we're three and three. I think we come out the bye. We should definitely beat Carolina, so that'll make us four and three. Tampa is a toss-up game. Uh, Trash. Go ahead. I'll say, but I think we pull that one out too, especially because we at home. So I would say that 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 put us at five. Mike Evans, all I got to say to you, boy. Start sleeping light at night because hey. if Derek Stingley come back that game, I was say, we, beat, should be, yeah. we beat Tampa Bay. Stingley should be back by by then. Um, then we'll be at Cincinnati. Now that game, the way Joe Burrow playing, I don't think we got enough to beat him. But I think we'll put up a damn good fight. I'm going to say it like this. I know we have enough to beat him. It's just that our, our offense isn't balanced enough for me against Cincinnati because the run game has fell off this year. Yeah, speaking of that, bro, like, looking at Damian Pierce, like, I mean, last game against the Saints, he, he had that one big run, you know. But overall, this, this season, he only got 281 yards on the season. That's what, like, 46 yards a, a game. That's totally that, – that pales in comparison to what he did last season in his rookie year. And I know what some of y'all out there thinking, well, he's doing 46 yards. But Singletary, they 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 doing it by committee, a two back rotation. Hey, but and then statistically, if you look at it, they both Pierce and Singletary played six games. Um, Singletary got 153 yards. Pierce got 281 yards. Singletary almost averaging four yards a carry, bro, on 39 carries. Yeah, that's not good. So, so, is that because of the offensive line, or what, think, what you think? I think Pierce is used to, like, a, a power run system where he just run downhill. He's not really good at making people miss. Uh, Singletary is better at that. He's better out of the backfield catching the ball. He's better at making people miss, and he's more patient, uh, especially in a zone run scheme that we got now. And that's, that's the difference between the two. If Singletary can – I mean, if Pierce can uh, learn how to – you know, be more patient in the backfield, and then he can use that aggressive aggressiveness to get downhill. He'll be all right. But right now, he just ain't got it. And that, I think honestly, in this system right now, Singletary probably needs to get more carries than Pierce. Whoa! But look, it is a it, it's a whoa. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this though. I really really love what they did against the Saints. I love how they complement each other. But you know something else that they did against the Saints that uh, you know I feel compelled to mention? They didn't go just with a one-two back rotation. They brought in the third string. Yeah, they brought back. in Boone, huh? Yeah. And uh, he, he got some productive moments. So shout out to Nico, I mean D'Amico, for, 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 for being honest with himself and knowing what he had and still searching for the answers. Even though a lot of people would be like, nah, Pierce is my guy, Pierce is my guy. That's what I love about D'Amico. He yeah. keeps a steady rotation of the players going. Not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side. Because like I say, they rotating a uh, cornerback uh, uh, in there like, uh, like like we at the club or something. They passing out free hey, hurricane. And, and the best thing about it, when we do rotate a cornerback in, they be ready to go, though. They be ready to go. They don't, they don't be lacking, you know what I'm saying, giving up big plays and shit like that. They be all right. And that's all about the culture. So... You started, you started off on it. Where do we end up at the end of the season with no additional players added? 
So I said we, we lose to Cincinnati. Arizona gonna play us hard. They play everybody hard, but at home I think we take care of Arizona. You gotta know Murray will be back by the time we play. Kyler Murray will be back, but he'll probably be rusty. So it'll be the perfect time for us to take care of Arizona. All right. Uh, and then also, you kind of got to look at, like, what weapons do Arizona really have to really phase our defense? Well, they running back is, is proven. So we already know they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be prime. But we prime already proved that we can stop the run. We did that against Atlanta. We can stop the run. Against a rookie. Against a rookie and then with, with Algiers, he ain't and no you know rookie. what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to be a man about this here. Going into the NFL draft, people, write this down, take a picture. I don't give a fuck. This is probably one of the first times last time you're going to hear me say something like this. Going into the NFL draft last season, my man D-Raw was really, 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 really high on Bijan. Right. I wasn't all that high on him. Hey. But hats off, he came in, he put the work in. Bijan is looking like Look. a... Could you imagine what Bijan would look like in this Texan offense, though? If we had, let, let's say we got, let's say we got C.J. Stroud and Bijan. Imagine that offense. That'd be dynamic, bro. That's a great what if, but I'm gonna be honest with you. With what I see in Will Anderson, I still wouldn't. I, I, I'm glad with what we got. I am too. I'm glad with what we got. I, I, I mean, I just like Bijan, you know. But Bijan is a dog. But yeah, Bijan is a dog. But shout out to Bijan who had a fumble against the Texans. But that's okay. That's true. He ain't no. He ain't the next Adrian Peterson. So at the end of the day, it really don't matter. Who? Bijan. It's still too early to make that. But I, I see great things with that young man. He's gonna be great. I see great things. I, I like I like Damian Pierce though. You know what I'm saying? Damian, he, he just gotta. Go to training camp, or whatever you want to say. He, he need to go to some camps where he paid for it, you know, get a little bit better with his uh, footwork, get a little bit more finesse, be a little bit more patient, but that, that just come with reps, and he'll be okay. I think, too, what you got to look at is early on in the season, defenses were playing the Texans as if, okay, All they so can do is it's, run. It's, a, it's a rookie quarterback, we're going to stack the box. We're going to bring pressure. We're going to blitz him and play the run. Now, here lately, over the last few weeks, with the with the passing game opening up, I'm thinking you're going to see some more, some better looks for our running backs coming out there. Yeah. It's uh, going to be easier to run. That's true. So, let me get back on the schedule. So, I think we beat Jacksonville at home. I think we'll take care of Jacksonville this year. Sweep them. Uh, Denver. If we beat Jacksonville, hopefully we don't overlook Denver. But wait a minute. Jacksonville just beat the Saints. They did. So is that saying something about Jacksonville or is that saying something about the Saints? Both. Because we just beat the Saints. Maybe we maybe we knocked the fight out of them. Nah, it, it came down to the wire, though, where they did beat the Saints. But, I mean, I think both teams are good. Saints, Saints probably still got a possibility of going to the playoffs, you know. But Jacksonville's a solid team. We knew that coming into the season. You know, they got solid. They got a solid quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. They got a good running back in um, I can't remember his name. Alvin Kamara. No, we talking about the Jaguars. Oh, Etienne. Yeah, Etienne. Travis Etienne. Uh, they got solid receivers. So they, they're a solid team. 
But I think we'll handle them at home uh, and we'll beat them. And then hopefully, you know what I'm saying, we don't, at that point in the season, we don't overlook Denver because I, I could see that being like a trap game where yeah, we yeah. where we lose to Denver or something. But hopefully, you know, that, that should be a W, you know, just the way Denver looking. I don't really see foresee anything really changing with that team unless they really make some drastic changes okay, along so the we, way. You say we beat Jacksonville. We beat Jacksonville. We beat Denver. New York, we probably lose to New York. Only because we we away, New York got a bona fide ass defense. Um, Zach Wilson, he ain't really all that good, but who's in really no shit? I just seen Aaron Rodgers throwing passes on the sideline last week, so so let's match that. That up. motherfucker might be back. The Texans defense is getting stronger and stronger with each passing game. Mm-hmm. The Jets have a top tier defense. So I can see that game being a defensive struggle that comes down to the play of the quarterback. Now we're talking about Wilson versus Stroud. Stroud all day. So you think we win? This man asked me, do I think we win? (laughs) Hey, 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 boo-boo. I know we win. Okay. We're going to have us a picnic. Yes, sir. So at that point, let me see. We uh, beat Carolina, we beat Tampa, we beat Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver, New York. We already like nine, nine and four. Nine we, and three. No, because I said we will lose to Cincy. That's what you said. You think you think we're gonna be on a win streak like that, man? Bro? I think I think we can. Uh, man, <laughs> I told you before I came on here behind the scenes that I felt like the Texans have the potential to be the shocker of the NFL this year. Well, I'm going to say this. I think, me personally, I think one of these games that we just talked about, one of these games, bro, is going to be like that Atlanta game where it's going to be more like a a learning curve for the coaches and they're going to lose. If we stay healthy, let me tell you something. The part I like about D'Amico and Bobby Slowick, they too young to be scared. They got something to prove. So they got this fearless mentality that they have instilled in our players. And that swarm is real, baby. Swarm real. It's real, baby. I agree with that. Swarm is real. Uh, All right, so look, the last four games, Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee, again, and Indianapolis. How you think we do? Here's the crazy part. Anybody that's a real Houston, Texas fan know that we are – infamously known for this. We'll win games we ain't got no business being in, and the games that we supposed to win, we'll lose. Now, with those being division games, the last four, with the exception of Cleveland, you got two against Tennessee and one against Indianapolis. I know my Texans. I can easily see us losing one or two of those last I'm going to tell you this. Week 15 against Tennessee at Tennessee, they would they better whoop Tennessee ass because they're going to be wearing the Houston Oilers uh, uniforms. So we owe them a little something. Yeah, we owe them ass whooping. All right. So now, we went down the whole schedule where we at. You get your prediction, and I'm going to get mine. Let's see, man. So I said it was like 9-4. That was with, with, with Carolina. 
Tampa, Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver. I think we lose to New York. We beat Tennessee. And that Cleveland game, I don't know, bro. I think we beat Tennessee twice and we probably beat Indy. So, we might be at about like, I think we win about 11 games, bro. You must have read my mind. I was sitting there saying somewhere around 11 or 12 wins. Now, here's the, here's the phrase that pays, or the question that matters. Will that be enough for us um, to win our division? Can I get another beer? Can I get a cigar bottle? You want some of this, bro? I'm good, bro. Sure. I'm good. Cool. I ain't gonna do nothing with second home. probably just gonna... You know, I'm, surprised being a happy you, I'm surprised you're taking that shit to go, man. Yeah, it's got fajita meat in it. I can't. Yeah. I about to say, that cheese don't really look like it's going to do good in the microwave anyway. That's right. This man is all about here talking about a microwave. How 1995 is that? Bro, people is wanting this air fried. <laughs> it's the new thing like the George Foreman. Come on out here. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that's our rundown for the Texans right now. I feel like we had a great discussion about the team, the current state, the future of where it's going, uh, different players. Well, hold up. We didn't really talk too much on the future. As far as do what? You, do you think in the next two or three years we, we you know? We hoisting the trophy. Is that, is, is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Are we going to hoist the Lombardi? Yeah. Lord, 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 I got to go talk to this bartender, y'all, because this boy's been drinking a little too much out here, man, and he just ordered a fresh one. Have you lost your H-Town mind? Bro, two, three years? Bro, two, three years? Hey, H-Town, y'all going to call me crazy. Well, look. But my real H-Town is going to feel me. In two, three years, we might have two, three trophies. I'm with that. I'm huh? with that. What's up? <laughs> I'm with that. Right, let me. I, I, I'm, I'm saying right now, this year, Hey. We a threat. I ain't gonna lie. Like, if we make a good move before the, the trade deadline, we on the right track. Cause you always gotta make a good move before you pay your rookie quarterback. So as long as we make, you know, the, the good moves to put everybody else under the books before then, we'll be all right. Look, it's known around the league. Great players want to go and play in great places. Like I say. D'Amico Rhines has done what it has taken to make Houston a great place to play football. So he ain't gonna do nothing but attract high, high free agents. Facts. And it's Houston. So we ain't gotta rely so heavily on the draft no more to get players. Players are gonna contact us and wanna be out here. And guess what? When that go down, as we say in H time, it go down. Let's yeah. make it happen, baby. Let's make it happen. Hey, appreciate you being on the show, bro. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. Hey, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Show support. Give me your feedback.